Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. We've all heard the term kosher, and most of us probably realize that kosher has to do with the approved or acceptable diet of Orthodox Jews. But you may not know that the origin of kosher dietary regulations is found in Leviticus chapter 11, and that's where we are today. And though we're not here to discuss the nutritional benefits of such a diet, we do want to see the spiritual significance that these dietary regulations have for all of us in the New Testament, regardless of what we choose to eat. And Ed Barks is here with us today to discuss the reality of the dietary regulations. Ed, it's good to have you back. This is a fascinating program, isn't it? Chris, it is. In fact, I personally was in this message and heard uh, Brother Lee give this message. It is a real classic that can really help our listeners. Ed, this begins with a lot of detail uh, about, as we mentioned in the opening, about what is approved or what was acceptable in terms of diet for God's people. There's a New Testament precedent for this kind of interpretation, and that's in a critical portion in the New Testament in Acts chapter 10. Open this up for us a little bit. I think it's an important backdrop for our program. Yes, Chris, it is important to see this in Acts 10 that, you know, Peter, of course, in Acts 10, he received a vision of heaven being open and a great sheet descending and inside of this sheet there were all kinds of four-footed animals and reptiles and birds and this voice came to him and said rise up peter slay and eat but peter's response was lord i have never eaten anything common and unclean then in verse 15 it says this it says a voice came to him and said the things that god has cleansed do not make common well peter didn't know what this meant Eventually, there was a knock on his door, and it was some people from Cornelius' house, who was a Gentile, who wanted Peter to go over to his house and preach the gospel to Cornelius and his Gentile friends. Well, if you look in verse 28 of chapter 10, this is very important, Chris. Uh, this shows us that, that Peter got an understanding of what this vision meant, and he said, he told them, the people at Cornelius' house, he said, you understand that it is unlawful for a man who is a Jew, to join himself to or come near one of another race. And then he says this, Yet God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Mm -hmm. Which means that the, 
when the voice said to him, what God has cleansed, do not make common. And then Peter said, God has shown me not to call any man common or unclean. This shows that all of those animals in that sheet signified men. And what happens is when you know, here we are, we're Gentiles. When we've been cleansed in the precious blood of Christ, we are no longer unclean. We are clean people, or you could say in, in a certain sense, clean animals. Right. So in this sense, if we take this back to Leviticus chapter 11, we can see that the animals here and the dietary regulations regarding these animals are related to our contact with people. Hmm. Now, this is very critical to see this. It is critical. I just point out in passing it, this is a classic striking example of a principle that Witness Lee and Watchman Nee uh, practiced very faithfully, and that is to let the Bible interpret the Bible. That is the safest way. So this this understanding that these categories represent people with whom we may have contact, this is established in the Bible, isn't it? Yes, it's very clearly established in Acts 10, Chris. And, and I think if our listeners will listen to the whole program, this will be fully unfolded to them in a marvelous and applicable way that will help them in their Christian life. Well, let's get to it. Here's Witness Lee. We need to take care of our eating. Don't forget, this is a book in types. In types, there are figures. As figures, they are one thing. But all the figures bear certain significance. The significance is different from the thing itself. All the animals mentioned in this chapter, they are nothing. Beasts, birds, fish, creeping things, insects, they are nothing. But all these beasts are figures to describe persons. They typify persons to eat is to contact the things outside of you that could affect you inside. This is to eat. To eat is to contact something that has nothing to do with you outside of you. You eat something. You contact this something that has nothing to do with you. But eventually, by your eating, you make that something affect you inside. So. To eat is to contact some things outside of us that could affect us inside, referring especially to our contacting of people. When you contact persons, it is not a small thing. Are you going to live a holy life required by the holy God? Are you? If you are. You must be careful about your contacting with people. What can people you contact, you receive, that will reconstitute you, that will make you another person? Ed, as a book of types and pictures, when it comes to the matter of the holy living of God's people, there's much that can be seen here by this matter of eating and what it typifies. And let's talk about the principle of eating in the Bible and what this represents for God's people. Right, Chris, this is just marvelous. Again, what we see in the Old Testament is we see pictures, types, figures. Right. And in the New Testament, we see the reality of those pictures, types, or figures. Now, Chris, to me, this is a marvelous picture that 
you have the holy diet in Leviticus 11, what we should eat, what we should not eat. Well, how does that apply to us in a New Testament sense? Well, how it applies is that eating equals our contacting of people. What kind of people we contact determines what is going to get inside of us and reconstitute us. So consider this, Chris. Firstly, what does eating mean? And Brother Lee pointed this out, but I'd like to point out two things. Number one, to eat is to contact things outside of us that can affect us inside. That's number one. Number two, to eat is receive things from outside of us to digest them inside of us so that they become our constituent and they become expressed in our living. Where dietitians say you are what you eat. Well, Chris, we know from our experience that, okay, let's take the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 15.33, Paul warns us. He says, evil companionships corrupt good morals. Meaning if you have companions and those companions are evil, eventually you will be corrupted by the company that you keep because the things that constitute them will eventually be imparted into you and you will become just like those people that you are friends with, that you contact, that you associate with. Uh, In 2 Timothy 2.22, this is from the positive side, Paul tells us to flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Mm -hmm. That little prepositional phrase, with those, is very critical. If we're going to flee all the lusts of this age, if we're going to pursue Christ in so many aspects, we need those. You know, I'm so glad to be with those today. I'm glad to be with you. I'm glad to be with our listeners, even if it's only in spirit over the radio waves. We are pursuing the Lord together because we are in a a like-minded fellowship of Christ together. So, Chris, just by this little fellowship, we can see that it really makes a difference. We need to pursue Christ with some holy and spiritual companions. Those companions that we keep will make a big difference in what we become as Christians. It's interesting. As parents, this is something we labor with a lot with our own children, isn't it? Trying to impress them, the very thing you're talking about, and it's very well rooted in God's Word. It is, Chris. And and let me mention this. You know, D.L. Moody gave a very good example of this. You know, in 2 Corinthians 6, it tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And this applies to not just marriage, but business, everything. Well, this woman came to him and said she wanted to marry an unbeliever and that she thought if she married this unbeliever that she could eventually lift him up and make him a believer. Uh And so what D.L. Moody did was he asked her to stand on a chair. And so she stood on the chair and he said, try to pull me up. And, of course, she couldn't pull D.L. Moody up. He was a big man anyway. And then he just – he said, okay, now I'm going to pull you down. And he, he just gave her a little tug and she came down from the chair And he said, it's a lot easier to pull someone down than it is to pull them up. And see, this is the situation. If we have improper companionships, we can be pulled down very easily. This doesn't mean we don't need to preach the gospel. We'll see that preaching the gospel actually is a big protection to us. But we have to be very careful in our contact with unbelievers and with those who are not for the Lord. Ed, 
the Bible doesn't just give us a general exhortation to avoid people that are negative or evil. There are some very specific details in these verses, Ed, to really uh, help us see the kinds of characteristics we need to be concerned about. Let's look at these verses in chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. In chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Then Jehovah spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals which you may eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatever has a divided hoof, that is, has its hoof split in two, and choose the cud among the beasts, that you may eat. However, these you shall not eat of. Those that only chew the cud, or of those that only have a divided hoof, the camel. For though it chews the cud, it does not have a divided hoof. It is unclean to you. Interesting, Ed. Two things here specifically. Divided hoof, chewing the cud, the clean have both of these characteristics. Let's find out about this. Here's Witness Lee. The dividing of your hoof. What does this mean? That signifies in your activity, in your move, you have some discernment. You have a kind of dividing power there. Discernment. Discern what things? To discern what is the things of God and what are the things of Satan. What are the things heavenly? And what are the things earthly? And what are the things spiritual? And what is the thing fleshly? Not only just what is good, what is bad, but we have to discern what is of our flesh and what is of our spirit. Then what is to chew the cord? To chew the cud, I was told by the Baron, and tonight I still believe that. To chew the cud is to consider and reconsider and reconsider the Word of God. Early in the morning, you know, pre-reading, while we are pre-reading, we are considering and reconsidering and reconsidering the Word, right? Just like the cow takes in the grass, then he puts out the grass and then he takes in again again and again this is to chew the cut to get the nourishment of what you take from God's word by considering it again and again and again Amen. you have to realize among the people today too many too many are not with hooves divided. And they are not chewing the cud. Not only we have to do it, we have to discern. When we contact people, don't contact people without divided hooves, without chewing of the cud. These kind of persons, we have to avoid them. Otherwise, they will affect you. They will influence you. Ed, we read these verses at the beginning of chapter 11. Now let's talk about these two categories of persons depicted. The first is those who have a divided hoof. Help us with this. Right. This was just marvelous, Chris, to see that we need to be people who spiritually divide the hoof. 
And for me to have, you know, Chris, again, I would like to emphasize to our listeners, we need to pray that we, the Lord gives us a spiritual companion to pursue him with or some companions. Right. We need people to pursue the Lord with in fellowship. And Chris, if we're going to have those companions, we need someone who divides the hoof. A person who divides the hoof is a person who has the discernment. He has the ability and strength to discern what is of God and what is not of God, what he should do and what he shouldn't do, what is heavenly, what is earthly, what is spiritual, what is fleshly, what is of the new man, and what is of the old man, what is of God, what is of Satan. We need people like this. I'm so glad personally that I can pursue the Lord together with you. I feel like whenever I'm on this program with you, I'm with a person who has a divided hoof. I'm not saying that to compliment you, but it's just good to have. I feel we feel that way about one another and about many brothers who we love. And uh, we need spiritual brothers and sisters who... When you're with a person like this, it affects you. It gives you the discernment, right. and it protects you from being involved in something that God does not like or God frowns upon. Now, the second thing is the matter of chewing the cud. And, Chris, I, I know you, you were probably going to ask me this half, but I wanted to point this out because I feel this goes together. You know, to chew the cud, when a cow eats grass, he digests it, and then he regurgitates it. Or you could say he burps it up, and it's in this form, and he rechews it. It's in a form called the cud. Well, Chris, spiritually, this is what we need to do. We need to be those who receive God's word with much reconsideration. I want to emphasize the word re, reconsideration. What this means is that in the morning, we spend some time with the Lord, and we read the word prayerfully. Mm. We read the word with prayer. We read the word in prayer. We read the word by prayer. And we consider the word. Then after we have that time with the Lord in the morning, we reconsider the word during the day. This involves talking to the Lord with the word. It involves musing upon the word. I mean, there's so many ways where you're just chewing that word all day today to get all the divine and mystical and spiritual proteins and carbohydrates out of that spiritual food, which the word is. Chris, we need to be this kind of people, and we need to associate with these kind of people. If you're around these kind of people all the time, what kind of person are you going to be? You're going to become this kind of person. So may the Lord make us these kind of people, and may the Lord give us spiritual companions who are like this. Yeah, there's a lot we could get into here. I want to go on. There's one other point. We have just a couple minutes left. Let's get to it. We jump ahead now to verses 9 and 10. There's another set of categories here that we need to pay attention to. Verse 9 says, These you may eat of, all that are in the water, anything in the water that has fins and scales in the seas or in the rivers, these you may eat. And verse 10, But anything that does not have fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers, and anything that swarms in the waters, and any living animal which is in the waters, they are an abomination to you. So now, Ed, fins and scales are critical. Let's find out about these. Then, the second category, aquatic animals having fins and scales. Very, very meaningful. You know what is fins? The fins help the fish to move, to act according to their wishes, right, in the water. 
even there's a strong current, you could see all the small fish still, still move against the current. What is the strength with those little fish? The fins. Then what are the scales? You know, so strange. All the fish living in the water for days, for months, maybe for years. They never got salted. Why? Because they have the scales to keep the salt water away. You see, the fins, what, strengthen them to move. And the scales protect them from being salted. And the sea, the water, in the Bible signifies the what? The rotten, fallen world. Today is just the whole world is a big sea. So many living in this big sea, they don't have fins. They don't have scales. They are just like a snake in water. They have no power. They have no power to resist all the salting strength from the salty water. But we Christians do have fins. We can move in this world, yet we would not be salted by the world because we also have the skills. This is kind of meaningful. God's wisdom to use the fins and skills on the aquatic things to signify we should be like that. And anyone who is not like that, your friends, even your relative, your neighbors, who don't have fins and who don't have skills, be careful about that. I got to know some saints preaching the gospel to the unbelievers, eventually they got caught by the unbelievers. Did you know such a story? So be careful about your contacting people. We Christians must be people with fins and with scales. Not be so much captured and assaulted by the world salt. Be persons who can move and act freely in the world and at the same time resist its influence with the skills. Brother Adam was just thinking, I hope no one is tuning in just at this moment to hear him say, as Christians, we need to be those with fins and scales. But actually, this is marvelous. Develop this thought for us, Ed, as we close. Yeah, Chris, it is marvelous. And again, we're looking at the typology in Leviticus chapter 11, uh, which shows that as believers, we need to be those who have fins. What does that mean? This means we can move and act in the world freely according to our wishes. We can swim against the current of this world, which we know comes from Satan. And to have scales, you know, scales protect the fish, keep the fish that are living in the sea from being salted. This means that we can move and act freely in the world, and at the same time, we can resist the influence of the world. We need to be these kind of people. And Chris, again, we need spiritual companions who are these kind of people. Then we will become such people. Chris, I just did want to mention this. You know, some of our listeners might think, well, if we can't contact people like this, how can we talk to people about the Lord? Well, preaching the gospel in itself is a big scale. 
Mm-hmm. When you preach the gospel, this gives you scales. This protects you. But like Brother Lee pointed out, even in preaching the gospel, we need to be very exercised in our spirit not to become affected by the people we contact with their worldly concepts and with anything of the world or of the satanic system. I think this is a great help to keeping us separated, to keeping us pure, and to keeping us in contact with people so that we can be reconstituted with Christ and express Christ in our daily life. Ed, we have to be in the world, uh, as the Lord even says in the Gospel of John, that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. I think this is the fin at work here, able to swim according to our decision, according to our discretion, and not to be carried away by the tide of this age. Boy, these were tremendous points, weren't they, today? Yeah, Chris, and I think you hit the nail on the head here. We have to be in the world, but not of the world, just like the salmon in the Northwest who swim against the current. We need to be like those salmon with fins and scales who are jumping and leaping against the current of this world. That's a good picture to close this program on today, Ed. We'll leave everyone with that thought instead of wondering how we can have fins and scales. Thank you for your help. A marvelous program. I really enjoyed our fellowship. Yeah, praise the Lord for these wonderful pictures in Leviticus, Chris. Well, we are out of time. Let us leave you with our toll-free number and invite you to contact us about the printed messages. The printed message that goes with this one is really a classic, and it develops these points in uh, even greater detail. Really hope that you'll take advantage of this and, and get a hold of these messages. Our toll-free number, one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is simply radio at lsm.org. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks again for listening.